Hi, Steve. Good to have you on the show. Glad to be here. So um, for everyone who doesn't know you, could you please tell us a bit about yourself? Yeah, so my name is Steve Chu. I run a number of web properties. Uh, one, uh, probably the most famous one is BumblebeeLinens.com. It's an e-commerce store that I run with my wife. And uh, I started writing about that experience over at MyWifeQuitHerJob.com. And that has led to a podcast, which has led to a training course, which has led to an annual e-commerce conference called the Seller Summit. So um, I know you shared your story quite a few times already, but um, for everyone who isn't familiar with your story, um, could you please share it with our listeners? Um, yeah. Yeah. So that e-commerce store of our Bumblebee Linens, my wife and I started that because she wanted to stay at home with our kids. And I remember she hated her job. And we, as soon as she became pregnant with our first child, she went up to me and said, she said, I want to quit. And we live in an area that is pretty expensive where you need pretty much two incomes in order to live in a, <clears throat> get a good house in a good school district. So we kind of brainstormed different ways to make money online. And uh, we ultimately stumbled upon e-commerce. And that store ended up making six figures in profit in our first year, which replaced my wife's six-figure income. And she was able to How did to you make that happen? Uh, with the handkerchiefs, it was a number of ways. So the first thing we did was a third of our business was from Google AdWords. Another third was just from content marketing and ranking in Google. And the final third was from, so just to be clear, the handkerchiefs are sold in the wedding industry. And the third, the, the last part of our revenue piece was we were soliciting event planners and wedding planners to kind of sell their products, sell our products for them, uh, for their clients. Cool. So um, what happened then? Because I think this was like 12 years ago or something. So It was, yeah. This is way back in 2007. Yeah. So uh, what ended up happening was um, a lot of people started asking me questions a lot of my friends, because my wife managed to quit her job, they started asking me, how did you get into e-commerce? How do you do this? And I really, I just started documenting this on a blog over at mywifequitterjob.com. And uh, what ended up happening is my friends did not read it. Random people started reading it, and I just started developing a following. And I soon became known for e-commerce. So... Um after that, you've uh, done a couple of product launches, and um, yeah, could you please share the story with us, like what happened over the next couple of years? Yeah, so I just started writing about, it's, it's almost like a daily journal of running my e-commerce store, and the e-commerce store has grown like gangbusters, like you know, <laughs> double growth, uh, double-digit growth, triple-digit growth every year, and I just started writing about it, people started hopping on, and people started asking me to develop a training class. Uh, when I first got started with this, I had no intention of doing any of that stuff. But uh, what ended up happening was I just said, okay, fine. I'll develop this training class. And I just launched with no content whatsoever. And I said, hey, you know, if I get enough people, I'll go ahead and create this thing. And 35 people signed up at 300 bucks. And I was like, okay, uh, I guess I have to create this thing. And that was eight years ago. And today I've been running this course for eight years. It's got over 300 videos, 100 hours worth of content. And because I continue to run my e-commerce store, the, the content for that course continuously gets updated. Then after that, sorry, just after that, people wanted to just meet in person. And that's kind of how the conference got started. I had no intention of creating a conference either.
So it also grew like organically. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and yeah, trust me on that. I had zero intention of creating an event because um, that's just a ton of work. But that's actually been very rewarding as well. So um, could you please share with us like you have been so, so, so many years in business. Um, what have been your biggest learnings or epiphanies over the years on creating an online business? Yeah, so compared to businesses, other businesses that you can create, like brick and mortar businesses, online is just a great opportunity because it is so inexpensive to get started. And really, it's just about hustle and perseverance. Mm -hmm. um, and you can make a whole lot more money than your day job. So prior to my online businesses, I was an engineering director um, in, in the Silicon Valley. So my salary is actually quite good. But uh, just after opening an online business, I started realizing how underpaid you are as an employee. And um, that, that was actually probably my biggest revelation. Mm. And on the actual like uh, creating uh, or, or on the actual like building a business side, like um, what else could you please speak about like uh, building funnels and advertising and yeah, so yeah, on yeah. and so forth? Uh, so these are just all skills that I developed over time. Um, none of it is rocket science. Um, so we'll just talk about advertising, for example. Mm -hmm. Advertising is mainly about trial and error uh, when it boils down to it until you find that one thing that works. And then you just put all your money into that thing that works. So it's like this scale where you're losing money, losing money, losing money. And then you find that one thing that works and you just put all your money on it. It's not rocket science. It's it's almost just experimentation, really. Yeah. And what are the things that you are teaching, for instance, uh, I think a lot of people are asking you about like marketing and so on and so forth. So what are the common questions that people are asking you and what are the biggest hurdles? Because I think nowadays a lot of people want to create an online business, but I would say that most of them are struggling. They are reading all the books, listening to all the podcasts, watching all yeah. the videos, and they still can't make it work and they still are not making money. So. All right, so I think the key to any successful business is repeat customers. Uh, I think there's just there's some insane statistics out there. Like if you are able to retain 5% more of your customers, your revenues will increase by 75%. Uh, I yes, it was from Bain & Company. I sincerely believe this statistic because 36% um, of our e-commerce store business is repeat business. And this can only be achieved if you own your customer base. So that is why you have to be doing email. If you're not doing email, then your business probably won't be doing as well. There's other channels to own your customers as well. Uh, there's Facebook Messenger. There's push notifications. There's SMS. All these ways to gather a customer list. And I suspect that most people who fail, they're just getting one-and-done customers. Whenever you have to get a brand new customer, the cost of acquisition of a customer is really high. And the only way you can make it all work with advertising is to leverage and sell more to your existing customer base. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad that you're talking about like uh, building an email, an email list because I think nowadays like most people are focused on Instagram and Facebook and all those different platforms. And um, one of my uh, podcast guests was recently banned from Twitter and he had like, Hundred like 150k or something as a, a lot of followers uh, on Twitter like 150k or something like that, and um, yeah like 
like that, all, all his following was gone. And um, I think uh, it's really stupid to be only focusing on those um, centralized platforms when they can take all of your content down, for instance. So um, yeah. I think it's very important to build an email list. So could you please speak to that and unpack that for our listeners? I mean, uh, I guess one-on-one, email marketing one-on-one is you probably need some sort of lead magnet. Give someone a reason to even sign up for your list. So for our e-commerce store, we have a spin-to-win pop-up where you can win discounts. People like playing games. They love gambling. So that works there. Uh, I we think also this give, is a yeah. new thing, right? Is it? Because, uh, yeah. It's been around for a couple of years. Yeah, okay. Because um, uh, <clears throat> recently I saw a few more people like doing it. So. Yeah, I mean, people just love playing games. So yeah. <laughs> uh, we also give out a arts and crafts ebook and a napkin folding ebook. Also, if you happen to be on the blog, mm. um, for my for my blog that teaches people how to sell online, I offer a free six day mini course via email, and that's just something enticing that people want to sign up for. Mm. Um, I guess another concept for email, if you just want to get down to the basics, is once you have people on your list, you have to email them regularly. Um, a lot of people who start out on email, they notice that whenever they send out an email, a lot of people unsubscribe and they don't want, they worry about annoying them and whatnot. I mean, that's what email is for, right? If you're not emailing people on a regular basis, then there's no point in even paying for email. So I like to email at least once a week, sometimes even uh, twice a week in general. Um, Let's see, what, what are some other things that people make mistakes Open on? Open rate and... Um, yeah, so you got to clean out your list regularly. Mm. If you are sending emails to people who aren't opening, that will affect your overall deliverability rate. Uh, this is especially true of like Microsoft addresses like MSN and Hotmail. If you end up sending to a large percentage of Hotmail customers who don't open, that will actually prevent your emails from reaching other Hotmail customers as well. So you got to clean your list. That's like another common mistake that people make. Um, I don't and know. Converting for yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and for instance, converting those uh, email leads because I think a lot of people have like a few like email subscribers, but um, they can't, uh, for instance, move them to their sales funnel and so on and so forth. So how does a copy look like? And yeah, yeah the best is on like writing the the actual email content. So the first thing that you need to realize with sales or anything that you're trying to sell is that people are buying the products for you mm. and your personality as opposed to the actual item itself, especially if there's a whole bunch of people selling the same thing. So I think in your emails, you have to really expose your personality. So um, this is especially the case if you're selling info products. For physical products, it might be a little bit different, but you still have to tell your story and tell you what you're all about and why your products are better than, than whatever is out there. Uh, in the info space, it's all about your personality. If someone likes you for you, then they'll sign up for you, your course, over someone else's because they like you better. They want you to become their mentor. So <clears throat> in terms of email funnels, uh, I don't like to think of it as a funnel per se. I like to think of it as uh, people getting on my bus, people becoming a fan of me in the info product space at least. And then that way when I ask them or when I tell them that I have a course coming out. So for example, mm. I just recently released a course on blogging and it started out with very little content and I just sent out a couple emails saying, hey, um, I just released this class. Once again, there's not that much content in it. It's kind of like the way I released the other one. 
But a whole bunch of 60 people signed on right off the bat at $1,000 a pop, um, mainly because they like me and they're confident that I'm going to be delivering. Mm. So that's what the email does. It, it creates mind share. So instead of being like very generic, like most people are writing their emails and uh, formal, they should be like really personal, involve like a lot of stories. Absolutely. And, stories, mm, video works really well. Video as well? Yeah, mm -hmm. video, podcasting works really well. Also because, as you probably know, people are listening to you for like an hour. Uh, I have people come to me all the time and They, they feel like they know me because they've just been listening to the podcast all the time, like on their commute to work or whatnot. And uh, like I might have no idea who they are, but they like know all <laughs> the facts uh, about me. And so clearly, you know, mediums like YouTube and podcasting work really well as well. So um, let's talk about the actual like sales funnel. So what have you learned on, yeah, building a sales funnel and actually selling um The info product, for yeah. instance. Okay, so info products. Um, my philosophy on that is just to give away all the content. Uh, mm. A lot of people for free. A lot of people are squeamish about that because they're like, hey, if I give away all my good content for free, then you know why, why should I sign up for the full course? And it's counterintuitive, but the more you give away... Uh, people will think to themselves, wow, if the free material is this good, then the paid material must be amazing. And so I tend not to think about giving away too much stuff. I just think about uh, providing the best possible content possible. So it's all about providing value. And people, for everyone who is listening to this, they shouldn't be like uh, holding any secrets whatsoever. Well, don't like hold anything back. <clears throat> and... Um, Don't think about it as a funnel because I found that a lot of the sales, so I have a high ticket item, it's 1700 bucks. It's mm -hmm. not an impulse buy. So um, any sort of one-on-one -on -one conversations that you can have, either whether it be through email or through chat or whatnot, are actually very valuable as well. Uh, people want to know that you're available to answer questions and they don't want to sign up for something and just be pointed to a repository of videos. Yeah, and so there's a um, lot of one-on-one -on -one stuff going on too. You know, it's not all just like this magic. Could you please speak to that? Yeah, I mean, you you can't just send out a bunch of things and just have automatic conversions come in. There's there's some of there's there's human aspects to it that can't be ignored. Hmm. So, um, are you like a big believer in, for instance, like phone closing or um, chatbots or yeah? What do you think works? Yeah. Best? Okay. So I don't close over the phone. I usually close via a live webinar, which is a little bit more scalable. So, you know, uh, you get a bunch of people on live where you just stay on, you teach something really good, and then you stay on for as long as it takes to answer everyone's questions. Hmm. And once again, you're getting that one-on-one -on -one personal interaction, and uh, you're actually teaching, providing value, and then at the end, you present your offer and a whole bunch of people sign up. So the funnel is like a way to warm them up, like the email funnel. So mm. if people have, sometimes people convert from the email alone, but for the people that aren't converting based on the email alone and they want to see, you know, what you're like in person live, that's when the webinar is kind of like the cleanup crew, I should say, the, the closer. Yeah. And um, I can also speak uh, from personal experience. And I think a lot of people think that 
a very fancy landing page with a million different buttons and yeah like very complicated funnel is like the best way to do it and um for us it didn't work at all like creating a very fancy funnel with a million different pages and so on and so forth um i think simplicity is is really important as well so yeah i agree i mean uh I just don't have the time to maintain anything complicated, like maintaining <laughs> something in the long run. Um, I mean, unless, the, <coughs> excuse me, unless, unless the game, unless there's a reason to make something really complicated. I feel personally that a lot of times you'll, people will go to a consultant and the consultant will put together something really complicated yeah. <laughs> uh, to create some sort of like dependence on the consultant as well. Um, so yeah, sim- simple is always better. <laughs> so um what are your own personal struggles that you are currently facing in your business yeah so uh, for the long so i work with my wife mm-hmm. uh, on the e-commerce store and um once now that our kids are are growing up they're 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 older now and they have a whole bunch of activities and whatnot uh, it's really been a balancing act between making sure that they grow to be good citizens while, you know, maintaining all these businesses that we have. And I guess over the years, most recently, I guess in the last two or three years, uh, my wife and I have had a lot of conversations about what is enough. Hmm. Like we make plenty of money and we don't spend that much money. And so, but on the on the flip side, running the businesses, like it feels really good to just grow as fast as you can. Uh, but over the last couple of years, we've come to the conclusion that just growth for the sake of growth is not fulfilling. And it's just about, it's really hard to do this, but balancing like what your priorities are, in which case, in my case, family is always the highest priority. And then, you know, coming to some sort of agreement on, you know, what the proper amount of growth is for your business. Mm. And what you actually need and why you're even trying to grow something just for the sake of growing it or if it's something that you actually need to be doing. And, and how does your solution look like? The solution is, is that um, reasonable growth. Mm. Um, like uh, don't try to like double or triple growth every year because that is really painful. Like if you've ever grown that fast before, it's actually quite painful. Uh, you don't have enough staff, and then you got to staff up really quickly. It, it ends up being a whole lot of stress, and it just basically consumes you. So uh, if you're just growing at a nice, steady clip, it's still comfortable. It's, um, you know, if you, especially if you don't need the money, or if you're not trying to create some $100 million business, then it's perfectly fine. Mm. Slow and steady growth. And I think also um, a lot of people are like struggling um, having like, quote unquote, a a healthy like life balance um, where they are spending like enough time with their family or with their girlfriend and um, having hobbies and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, what would you tell them? So I don't know if you've ever heard of the four burners theory. But no. um, basically, there's four burners, friends, family, health, and business. And if you th- – there's a saying that you can't be successful unless you turn off one of those burners. And you can't be super <laughs> successful unless you turn off two of those burners. 
And I believe that if you want to be successful in business, like grow really quickly in the very beginning, which you want to do, everyone wants to do that, then you probably have to make some sacrifices. Uh, either your relationships or your health or whatnot, just to get that initial thing going. But in order to just achieve slow and steady growth and maintenance, then that's when the balance comes in. I think you mm. can't, when you're first starting out, you can't really, it's really hard to be balanced. Like I, when we first started out our business, our e-commerce store, it was very unbalanced. Uh, we did not see any friends. We did not go out. It was just all business, business, business for that first year until it got off its feet. It's only now, 12 years later, we're talking now, 12 years later, where our priorities have changed a little bit. We're not looking for that explosive growth. And that's when we're trying to achieve that balance. But if we were trying to grow like gangbusters, you know, like double, you know, doubling growth every year, then once again, we'd probably have to turn off a few of those burners. But but how do we achieve um a reasonable a reasonable growth because I think a lot of people have like a hard time like finding the, the optimal um, dose so to speak. Like how I mean, you gotta do ask actually yourself do what it? your priorities are, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like my my top priority is family and the kids. Uh, I'm not gonna turn that off. So it's basically just whatever is left over I can put on you know the mm. businesses as well. So those are my two top two priorities actually: family and business. And then uh, health is up there too, actually. This is actually a ca- kind of a complicated subject, and it's there's no like right or wrong answer. Because I found that health allows me to spend more time and more energy on the businesses. So actually, maybe family and health are probably my top. Uh, business is up there with health. And then friends, unfortunately, uh, gets pushed to the bottom. Um, and you just kind of have to decide, you know. Mm. Um, if you're just starting out with your business, you got to make this choice. Basically, you got to say, "Hey, I'm going to focus on this business until it gets off the ground, and I'm going to sacrifice those other things." So, so I, I agree. I don't think yeah. there's such thing really as business. Uh, sorry, as balance in the very beginning, especially if you want to see results right away. Yeah, and um, I think everyone who is listening to this right now would love to hear like. Um, because we were talking about growth for the last couple of minutes, um, how do we actually like grow our business? Like, yeah. what would you tell our listeners? Because I think like most of them really want to grow their business. Absolutely. So. Yeah, I, I can comment on that. <laughs> I think you need to have a short-term plan and a long-term plan. So, a short-term plan is paying for advertising. You mm-hmm. got to master at least one of the pay-per-click services out there, whether that be Facebook ads or Google ads, just got to do it. You got to learn how to retain these people also. So you got to master either email marketing or Facebook messenger or whatnot. And then in the long run, what you want to be doing is building, um, an audience, right. Or, or trying to rank in search, for example, like search engine optimization is one of those long-term things where you got to be putting out content, but you're not going to see results for, you know, six months, even up to six months. So you got to be doing these and building up your social profiles and everything in the long run. In the short term, to keep you going, run advertising to get immediate sales. Uh, I love your philosophy because I think um, uh, I would tell everyone the same thing. And I think a big mistake that a lot of people are making is that they try to make a million different things uh, to work like in, in the immediate short term. They are focusing like on... A million different platform, like instead of, like you've said, uh, focusing, for instance, just on Facebook ads, because I think um, just uh, 
running profitable Facebook ads is even as is hard enough probably for most beginners. So yeah, no, uh, I mean absolutely, yeah. So um, here's the here's the biggest yeah. tip. Um, sure, go ahead, listeners. Um, what works for me is making everything a part of a routine. Like every single week, I will work on this part of my business. Hmm. And I have assigned slots for everything. And once you put it on your routine, it's kind of like working out even. You're not going to miss it. And that's that way you're always making slow forward progress no matter what. A lot of people, they try to just shove it all in and, and, and work really hard for a short period. They yeah. burn out and then they just let things go. So and slow and I'm, steady always wins. I'm, I'm also a big believer in consistency. For instance, I was just thinking about like people who are going to the gym. They're always thinking about like having the perfect wor workout routine, for instance. And then they're working out for like seven days a week. And they, they are doing this for like 30 days. And then you will never see them again. And if, for instance, somebody just goes two times, three times uh, every week to the gym, they can maintain that weight. And um, they will probably stick with the routine like way, way, way more longer than the person who is just like putting all the work in uh, for a couple of days or a couple of weeks. And I think the same goes for entrepreneurship where people are like working really, really hard for a couple of weeks and then they then they're like instantly gone. So, um, yeah. So what are the things um, that fascinate you the most besides all the different things that we were talking about today? Fascinate me about business or what? what? Uh, life or yeah. <laughs> uh, man, that's such a broad question. Uh, for me right now, it's it's my kids. Um, it, it fascinates me how quickly they can pick things up. So uh, my kids and I, we actually just recently started our own e-commerce store uh, together. It's uh, it's over at kidincharge.com selling entrepreneurship t-shirts. And so the kids are designing their own t-shirts. We're using a print-on-demand service and uh, it's just been, and, and the way we're marketing it is through YouTube. So my kids have been just creating these videos and designing these shirts, and they're making money. And it fascinates me that they can be so creative, or they'll think about things that an adult might not even consider doing, um, because they don't hold back. Whereas as adults, we don't want to be embarrassed and whatnot. Whereas they'll do anything, like on video or whatnot. Damn. Um, And it, it always makes me think, like, how I've developed, like, all this baggage, I guess. Over the, maybe that's the wrong word, but, like, it is baggage, right? There's certain things that I don't want to do because I'm set in my ways, whereas, like, when you're young, like my kids, you don't care. You don't have this history. And you can try a lot of, of things, especially, like, on the T-shirt design front. Like, some of the ideas they come up with are just amazing. And um, at some point I would like to be as free as they are. I'm not sure how to, how to get to that point, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Steve, at the end, I always ask every guest of mine five questions, but, um, before I ask those five questions, um, what would you tell to everyone who's listening to this episode right now on business, entrepreneurship, building an online brand and, uh, so on and so forth? I'm sorry, what was the question? Um, A piece of uh, advice? What would, yeah, best advice on entrepreneurship, um, yeah, yeah, building a business and so on and so forth. So number one piece of advice, if you haven't started, just start. Don't even like, uh, 
don't even do the research one out. Just get something out there and start it because once it's out there, then you'll actually start working on it. Prior to that, you're probably not going to work on it. And a lot of people get stuck in analysis paralysis. Um, the most important advice is something I already mentioned before is establish a routine. Hmm. Tell yourself like every Thursday and Friday, I'm going to work on the business for two hours focused and I'm going to stick to that. And any business that you start, you're going to tell yourself that you're going to maintain it forever. It's not like, oh, I'm going to try this for six months and if it doesn't work out, I'm going to stop. Once you commit to it, you're going to tell yourself, hey, I'm going to do this for at least five years or more. Got it. So um, could you please tell everyone where can they connect with you on the social webs, uh, read your read your blog articles and so on and so forth? Yeah, I mean, the best place to find me is over at mywifequitterjob.com. Uh, you can sign up for that free six-day mini course where I talk about how to start an e-commerce store. Uh, as I mentioned before, I give away a lot for free just because that's my style. And I'm sure you'll learn a lot from taking that class. So um, the first out of the five question is, Uh, what are the three books that had the greatest influence on your life? Yeah, uh, Cialdini's Psychology of Persuasion, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, and then uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear. The second question is, um, what are the most, uh, uh, what are the movies that you have enjoyed the most? <laughs> yeah, um, so my movie taste is a little bit eclectic. So Terminator 2. Uh, I don't know why. It's just it's a childhood thing. I really love that movie. Uh, there's this really obscure movie that I'm sure a lot of people haven't seen. It's called The Game with mm. Michael Douglas. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, The Sound of Music. Mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, the third question is, uh, what is the most useful product or service that you have bought in recent memory? Yeah. Uh, Bose noise-canceling headphones. Hmm. Uh, life life changer, especially when the kids are out there yelling and everything. When I put those on, I can actually concentrate no matter where I'm at. Uh, what kind of model is it? Like, uh, do you know? I can't. I have, two. <laughs> I have uh, well, I have these. Okay. And then I also have the earbud ones. Ah, okay. Yeah. God. Yeah. So um, the first question is uh, most important realizations you've had in the last couple of years. And we had some guests who shared something deeply personal about their relationships, time, travel. So speak to anything you feel comfortable sharing with us today. Yeah, I mean, I kind of alluded to this already because these are things that I've been thinking about for the past couple of years. Um, growth just for the sake of growth is not fulfilling. Um, before you even start any business, you got to figure out what the goals are, um, and how much, and how much is enough. Because once you figure that number out, then everything gets easier because once you've hit that enough point, then, you know, you can kind of focus on your priorities. A lot of people just chase the money and that, I know in the beginning, it's really hard to understand How that couldn't be fulfilling. Well, <laughs> uh, once you get to that point, uh, making more of it isn't going to be making your life any better. So um, the last question for the day is: uh, What would you tell your 20-year-old self? Yeah. Um, so I got started with this online business stuff kind of late in life. So if I were to talk to my 20-year-old self, I would tell him to still go to school and get a job, all that stuff. But I would tell him to start something on the side right away mm. and just work on the side project consistently until it uh, you know, exceeds your income. 
And then that gives you the freedom to decide, hey, do you like your job? If you don't like it, then you can quit and do your side thing full time. Um, but if you like your job, then just always have like a backup plan on the side. Hmm. Steve, thank you so much for sharing your story and thank you so much for sharing your advice with us today. Cool. Thanks for having me. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please rate, review and subscribe. Also, make sure to share the podcast and tell your friends about it. Thank you so much for supporting the show. I'll see you in the next episode. Over and out.